Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Alan Parker said, sometimes with the British film industry, it's hard to know if we're waving or drowning. Let's find out. Welcome to another BitFlix.com podcast. Today's guest is Mark Sanderson. Hello, Mark. Hello, Stuart. Thank you for having me. My absolute pleasure, my absolute pleasure. Now, we've got you on to talk about screenwriting in a kind of general and specific sense. But yes. before we go into that, do you want to sort of give a bit of a kind of profile as to who you are and, and what people can find out there that, that, you're, that, you've, that you've done, as it were? Uh, certainly. I am a working screenwriter which means uh, I'm probably not famous, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm working. Uh, mean, means my day job is screenwriting, which I've always, uh, since I was 11 years old, I've been making films. And I was blessed to grow up in Southern California, uh, in Los Angeles, in Santa Monica specifically, surrounded by filmmaker friends at the time, J.J. Abrams, uh, Matt Reeves, who's doing the new Batman and did Planet of the Apes. And we had sort of this collective of West Side I say West Side because the Pacific Ocean is right there. Mm. Uh, filmmakers, and you know, we didn't know any better, so we just made movies, you know, based upon you know the people that we admired, you know, the filmmakers. And it's uh, you know, you cut to I w- it was in theater in high school. I made my own movies. Uh, then I went to UCLA Film School, UCLA here mm. um, in Los Angeles, and graduated. And expected, you know, to have a three-picture deal handed to me with my diploma, which is always the joke. And it was about six years later that I finally landed my first writing job professionally, meaning getting paid. That's not for lack of trying, but it's very difficult business. Um, as everyone learns, you know, around the world, it's just not easy, you know, yeah. the life of an artist. Um, so from there, I sold my first spec, uh, which was a seven-year process. And it almost won the coveted Nickel Fellowship, which is at the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences every year. They have this big contest, and it almost won. It was a top 20 script of that year, and you know that was out of, I think, 3,500. So I knew I had something. <laughs> you know, And yeah, they yeah, called yeah. me, and they said, hey, I hope you don't enter next year. I hope it's actually optioned, but here's some notes and blah, blah, blah. And luckily, through a friend – uh, you know, it was optioned by a company who was just starting to uh, make movies. And they said, this is the kind of film that we want. And it was a World War II coming of age movie, which was, you know, if you were out there pitching at the time, no one was making it, it was death. You know, no one would hear a pitch with four kids on the backdrop of the Japanese internment here in California wow. during World War II. But it persevered. And so, you know, from first day of writing, the first day of writing the end of the script to the first day of photography on the set was seven years. And, you know, not every project, as you know, 
or as you don't need, you know, it doesn't always end up that long of a period, but sometimes it does, you know, and sometimes it never gets made. I was going to say, there's also the period that it never gets to that point. Um, yes. And you, most of, you know, I, most specs don't, I mean. And, and, and so, sort of in that period now, you've sort of, in, in, over the time you've accrued sort of 20 plus years experience as a, as a, as a writer and you now, You've 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 written a book about screenwriting. Do you want to do you want to just mention what that yes. is and what and what's in that? Uh, it's called a screenwriter's journey to success: tips, tricks, and tactics to mm-hmm. survive as a working screenwriter in Hollywood. Screenwriter in Hollywood. That's a mouthful. Mm-hmm. It's available on Amazon uh, worldwide, mm-hmm. and it's my like you said, my last twenty years of screenwriting. And it's not a memoir so much. It is a memoir, but it's a guide. Uh, not how to write a three act structure or whatever screenplay, but how to survive as a writer, mm-hmm. uh, how to take a meeting, you know, how to follow up with a handwritten thank you card. You know, these little things you learn over the years that that matter, you know, and add up and disciplines, daily writing, you know, disciplines, things like that have helped me uh, stay in the game, as I say. Well, we'll, we'll get into we'll get into some specifics yeah. on that in a moment. But uh, yeah. the, the other thing you do is you offer consultancy to writers as well, which I think, uh, roughly speaking, is sort of into two groups. I suppose there's the there's the reading and reporting on something for people, and there's also one to one. Do you want to talk, talk about what the two things are that you offer? Yes, I also uh, offer through my website five uh, o'clockblue dot net. That's one word five o'clock blue. I'll put it in the show net. notes. Don't worry. I'm sorry. I'll put it in the show notes. The the link. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, consulting services. I started about what, ten years ago. Mm-hmm. And you know, I read a script, and I give five to ten page pages of specific notes. Page, you know, like I get from my producers, and I'm not trying to change someone's script, but you know, when you can read things and say, ah, that's just off the mark. If you may have, you may do this and. You know, I also go through and look at formatting and things like that to try to push every script to a higher, you know, uh, release level, you know, where you can be confident professionally to, to have someone read it or, you know, present it to a contest or something. And I also do one on ones uh, with clients as well. And, you know, it's great because I love giving back that way. And also it keeps you sharp as well, you know, to continue to to see where others make mistakes or where other things are, you know, work. Uh, you're always learning, you know, that you can't, it's not, a, and, I, and I love the feedback that people get when they say, hey, you know, your 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 notes and editing helped me um, almost place, you know, in this contest or whatnot. Mm. Um, and now I have clients who just send me their script. They don't even ask. They're like, oh, you know, but I have to make sure I, <laughs> my schedule's open. But you know what I mean? They, they I've become sort of their their de facto mentor, which I love. You know, and um, out of interest, uh, with your experience you've, you've accrued, what, what I always the one thing that always baffles me is like, why is it easier to read somebody else's script and be able to sort of, I mean, maybe it oh, is absolutely. for you, but what I always find it's easier sort of reading another person's script to then, even if it's just rough bullet points, to say, look, have you thought of this, yeah. this, and this, versus if I read my own script, I'd, sure. be, I'd be blind to it. What, what do you think it is about? The writer. Well, you can always criticize the way somebody has brought up their, their child, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, <laughs> um, you know, they shouldn't walk on the furniture. I wouldn't let my kid do that. And they're like, oh, yeah, I, I, they do walk on the furniture. Um, um, now, I don't have children, but I'm just saying, yeah. 
but you know, it, the, you know, that thing I forgot who said about kill your darlings. I know it's you know about your you you fall in love with your words. We do as writers, you know, mm. and oh, that's a brilliant scene. And I've learned on assignment that I can't do that. And that's one of the things is detachment, which I say in the book is a great thing to have because it's going to be changed. You know, this is a nature, the nature of the business is collaboration. Screenwriters don't work in a vacuum where it's like, oh, my words, my vision, my, your what? <laughs> as long as it's on paper in your uh, drawer, sure. But the minute you, you know, unleash it with other people, like a director who has to, um, you know, elevate your story to something that is on the screen and a producer and, and as you know, budget, there's all sorts of constraints. It's, it's all about, um, you know, what, you know, collaboration, but also, uh, what am I trying to say? You know, things that you have to, choices have to be made to get the thing done. And then that's the business side of the aspect. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. So, now you've given me a lovely segue there, uh, from, uh, talking about kind of your book and, and service you provide. Cause just for Peter, for context, for the listener, you and I kind of had a bit of a Twitter conversation. I sort of asked if you'd come on the podcast to talk about sort of these angles of being a working screenwriter as opposed sure. to the, you know, any any one of us can be a spec screenwriter because by the very nature you start writing something, it, of course. nobody stops you, do they? But obviously selling or optioning screenplays and then getting in a position where a producer's going to come and approach you and say, hey, Mark, I've got this that needs writing or I've got yes. this that needs doctoring. We'll get on to the we'll differentiate with the two. So out, out, starting at that point, so you've got I'm, – I'm, 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 I'm leaping way ahead from where you, where you sort of – you know, that first sale you do after, after your college time and stuff. But thinking about the way projects come to you now as a working yes. writer – but what are the kind of various stages they can come at? Is people coming at you with just a log line? Have you got like a 38-page scriptment? Have you got a, a three-page outline? Or someone just goes, I've had an idea about an accountant that kills his wife. What do you think? You know, what, we, how, do, how do they come to you? You mean producers now? Yeah. Um, I wish more of them would come to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, the ones in the circle, and this is a very important thing, which I say in the book, um, networking is, is, is tremendously important as, as, as you know, and, you know, moving forward in, in the business, uh, you want those producers that you've worked for to hire you again, because one screenplay sale, you know, I say is great, but it doesn't make a career yet. It's almost as hard to get that second movie. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's impossible to get the first one. Okay. We do it, but that second one, and then that third, and then, I've done 22 assignments now, two TV pilots, and the rest were, you know, feature-length movies, um, and then one spec sale. But the spec sale opened the door. That was the key. Never sold another spec yet. I, I not that I haven't written them, but now I'm so busy writing assignments that I go, it's got to be really something that I love and want to take my free time because I got to pay the bills. I mean, on all honesty. Got you. And and it's a lot of writing this year so far. In fact, as we end the conversation today. I got to jump back on my assignment. Um, I'm on page 26, and I've got until the end of the month, which is totally doable. Mm -hmm. uh, but that's my third assignment this year, and it's the busiest I've ever, ever been. Congratulations. Three screenplays. <laughs> thank you. Three screenplays uh, in five months. And I've had to build up to that because, you know, when you start working, there's also stacking involved, which I never had to do. Like, oh, I just have one project, and then you're offered another one. 
and you're you're work, you almost finish the outline on one, and then another producer says, "Oh, I want to hire you. Are you busy?" And you go, uh, "No," because you don't want to turn down work, mm-hmm. you know. So you you finish the outline, and it gets the green light to start pages. Well, you have to start the script as you're writing the other outline, and it's it's a tremendous juggle. And you know, I've had to do it in the last few years because luckily more work has come my way. And, you know, the fear is you turn it down, there will always be someone else to pick it up. And then that person will be, you know, the flavor of the day and the go-to person. So, I mean, you, you, know, mentioned, you, be- you mentioned the word outline a couple of times there. So in terms of the yes. process, then, is that is that you taking a the, the, the sort of kernel of an idea and turning it into an outline? Or is, yes. that, is that the producer coming to you with an outline for you to sort no. of play with? It happens both ways. I can pitch them now uh, and, uh, a little log line, mm-hmm. and if, if it if it piques an interest, and, and the main thing is you know because you were you're at con, it's all about the buyers. Mm. And so, once they get the foreign buyers uh, to okay an idea, they need to see something more. Okay, well, what is that? Well, sometimes they just want to read a script. Other times they'll read the outline or a one pager, mm-hmm. you know, which is one page. And you can read the one pager and you go, okay, I can see the movie. You know, the particulars aren't all there, but I can see the A, B, C, and D of it, you know, mm. the concept. So once they get the okay from the foreign buyer who's willing to give up, you know, whatever the term, half as much money for the budget, whatever, then the network in the U.S. will say, hey, it's a green light. We'll take it. And then so you're off to the races or however things, you know, go down that way. So there's a lot of steps that they would come and they would just give me, this is what they're looking for. These are what the buyers are looking for. you have any ideas? Okay, well, yeah. Um, and I, kind of, I just turned this in two days ago, five different log lines. Well, more of a paragraph, pitch paragraph. Yeah. I, I, I don't know what the hell happens in Act 2, but, you know, I mean, I'll figure it out. We can expand it and I have more time. If one of those doesn't pique anyone's interest, then we, you know, move on. But – you know, and I'm not privy to all the particulars. Now I'm more being told, which is good for me, about what what they're looking for. Because a lot of times you'll come up with ideas, and it's like, no, my a producer will say my connections won't, won't do this movie, and you're like, oh, you know, it's the nature of the business. Mm. So you have to find a buyer. You know what I mean? Um, it sounds really uh, horrible and ruthless, and like not no, artistic. no, no. It's it's it, it sounds it sounds incredibly informed. In the sense of, yeah. you know, there's a lot of risk in terms of throwing your money at films, so you may as well try and mitigate some of those risks. Yeah, and I think when people write, I come across writers who write their specs, they don't think about. I more think about the business aspect because I'm in it and I'm closer to it that way. Hmm. Writing spec, you're supposed to be up in the clouds, right? And ah, but I always was told in film school during that era they would say, "Oh, write big because you're not paying for it. Movies are big." Well. That sort of change, sure. Uh, Marvel movies are big. Uh, then there's sort of the rest of us, you know. Mm. That middle sweet spot, as we were talking about uh, earlier, has dropped out. You know, the five, ten, twenty-five million dollar film. You know what I mean? So I would think a smarter way of using your time, if you're writing a spec, is to think of an idea. If you have contacts of what it actually could get made. To you know, and I've you know I've written thirty eight movies now, so not all of them not all of them were made. But I'm just saying I've written a lot of specs that weren't made, and they're good experiences and training tools. But if you're going to keep doing that and coming up against that wall, saying, "Well, why didn't my movie sell?" 
well, it's a $100 million budget to get made, and there's no way it could possibly not get made without that budget. So you're stuck. How many places in town are going to make this movie? There's four <laughs> studios or five, right? I mean, yeah. I'm serious. And then what if each one of those pass? Where are you going? To a private investor who's going to pony up $100 million? You know, um, now, now the thing, the thing, the, the, the thing with that sort of that volume of writing, and there's learning experience, obviously, with all with all work we do as writers. But I think some of the things I got from sort of looking at other sort of video stuff you've talked about, I've seen you talking about writing, is oh. is the kind of professionalism that that prepares you for. It's almost like we've all got to be lucky at some point, haven't we, to be noticed or spotted or whatever it might be. But then you've got to be prepared to be lucky at the same time, haven't you? So. In terms of writing those screenplays, so when that producer comes along and you've you've worked up an outline that that um, that you both agree on, um, and in fact, mm -hmm. before we even get into this bit, then one thing I was interested in that um, I've heard you talk about before, but it'd be good to maybe expand on it here, is this idea of there being enough story from an outline to make a screenplay. I mean, something ah, that your mental picture but, now, when you read an outline, say you're reading to help to, to advise somebody else, but also it obviously helps when you're writing up your own. What is it, yes. what, what is it you're seeing or not seeing, as it were, when, when an outline doesn't appear to be have enough story? And what does that mean for, you know, for the lay person that might be listening in? Well, you, uh, you must have seen the video about outlining that I mm. did, <laughs> right? Yes. Um, yeah, yeah, I've also uh, consulted on treatments or slash outlines, you know, it's mm. the same thing. Yeah. And people, you know, pay me, they read, you know, and I read it and I go, there's not enough story here. Or I'll read a screenplay and it'll be, you know, 90 pages. And I go, where's the rest of the movie? You know, it's sort of like there, but you have this feeling, you know, like this emotional feeling and structural that you go, there's something missing here. There, there needs to be more, and it's okay if it's 105 pages or whatever. I mean, I have a mandate in my contracts that says it has to be a specific page count. I can't go over. They don't want me to turn in a 125-page, you know, behemoth, you know. Okay. So I know, I know, I know structurally, and they won't ever let me. That's the thing that we go back to training yourself. They won't let me start pages until every, the, that outline is authorized by all parties involved, because they don't want surprises. They don't know like, what the hell is this. We paid for this. We didn't get this, you know, and conversely, I've written exactly from my outline that has been agreed upon and they go, eh, I don't like that idea anymore. It doesn't work. And you're like, yeah, but you, you okayed it. <laughs> it. It worked in the outline and it doesn't work in the script. So, you know, it's, it's an ongoing working document and you like the fact that, you know, my last two assignments, I was blessed. I turned in a first draft and the producer was like, oh my God, it's, it's practically there. Um, we've never had this happen in, in, in a number of years. And then may, minor notes, maybe a day's work of a polish, not a rewrite. Yeah. So I nailed it. That's what you want. This whole thing I see on the, on, you know, the discussions about the vomit draft or just get it down on paper. Just, just spew your guts out on paper and worry about it in the rewrite. That is something that I don't believe in because when you start working professionally, there's no way you can do that. And there's no time. I have to turn in a solid first draft. Otherwise, I'm backing up development, you know. So, or, in, that, so in that sense, this is where the, this is where for you the outline becomes a, a something that can really sort of assist and save save time and effort, I suppose. If you yes, well, yeah, and also it's the the outline and to do another draft of it is a lot less work than than writing a 105 page screenplay, and it's it's not there. It's just you know you got to start dismantling it and stuff. 
it's like a pre-draft and I've gotten into the habit of it because I have to and also truly believe in it. Now, things change like the outline I have that I'm working from right now. Yeah, there's scenes that aren't in there. You know, you have a feel. You start working, you go, you know, you start visualizing it and you go, you know, it needs to happen here. But at least you have a safety net. You're not working without a net up Mm. there trying to fill pages. And then you stop and go, huh, well, what should happen next? And then you go, I didn't do my five pages today. Okay, tomorrow I have to do 10. I mean, I'm up against five pages a day. Every day that I don't do that, I'm behind because at the end of this month, contractually, this screenplay's due. You know, So why not train yourself? I tell uh, writers when they're doing their specs to A, um, set up a, 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 de- a deadline, self-imposed, because you're going to have them. B, uh, stick to a writing schedule. If it's a few pages a day or one, whatever, but do it every day. You know, five pages a day will get you a finished script in a month. And I, I, I had a friend, and I, he, he's on page 30, okay, of a script feature. Yeah. He was on page 30 a year ago. And I said, what, what's going on? Well, I, I don't quite know what's happening in act two. I'm like, you don't know what's happening in act two. Why <laughs> did you even start the screenplay? And a year later, a year, yeah. I've had four, four movies written in a year. What's going on? You know, and it's not his job. I get it. But do you want it to be your job? I, I must no. admit, I've I've uh, I've taught myself that that discipline now of three to five pages a day, which to people who maybe aren't doing it doesn't sound like a great deal. But if you can allow yourself the day's work for doing that much, that many pages, they tend to be reasonably good pages. They also yes. tend to have a kind of view of what's already been and also they're imagining what's coming because like you say once you've got that the outline you're working from but that outline doesn't stop you being creative does it there's still i mean how do you find bringing your creativity to something that is is already sort of giving you some of the direction i've i it's great because i i've been blessed that i've done all the outlines that i've written the scripts from Hmm. so i'm there from the ground floor to you know and they say well i had a writer friend who looked down upon assignment work and i'm like buddy you don't have any idea what you're talking about because most of the writers the top percentage of all writers in hollywood write on assignment the odd spec that sells i think the odds are 70 or 80 specs a year sell in hollywood Hmm. out of 50 50, scripts bounce around the the town every year 50,000. i'm like you would be get down on your knees and kiss the ground for an assignment. You know, I'm like, you, you just don't know, you know, cause it's the bread and butter of, of writers. And somehow I've also heard from some writers that go, well, you know, it, it does become your idea. You're intimately involved in every aspect of it, seeing it, writing it uh, with the oversight of the producer. Sure. But I loved when I love when it takes the pressure off for me for having to come up with ideas, which is good and bad. But you know what I mean? When the producer says, this is a greenlit idea. Are you available? That's a great place to be. I'm like, yeah, what, you know, uh, what do we have now? You know, the idea I might look at and go, huh? And I've turned things down because I go, you know, uh, I just turned something down last week. I said, I'm not the right person for this. And they said, I appreciate your honesty. I said, no problem because not in my wheelhouse. And I think it would show in the project and they go, great. And it doesn't mean that they'll never hire me again. They go, okay, we'll, We'll give that to somebody who thinks that it is in their 
wheelhouse. You know what I mean? So, so you have to be honest with yourself. Too, I was going to say, so, so you think you think it, it, it is wise to sort of avoid being a sort of hostage to fortune, as it were, in terms um, of writing, you know, in terms of just saying. I think so, because you can, I've turned down um, rewrite work, you know, script doctor work, because yeah. the project was too far gone and I didn't want to be left so-called holding the bag. You know what I mean? Because there, no one's ever going to blame uh, themselves. They'll say, well, you know, Sanderson, he couldn't make it work. Well, no, I, you didn't make it work you know, <laughs> because you hired somebody else to begin with, you know, not to sound like an a-hole, but you know what I'm saying? No, I didn't no, want no. to be the last – I didn't want to be the last writer on the chain that couldn't save the day. Now, conversely, if I see something that I've done and they say, yeah, you know, it's been eight drafts and it's just unusable. And, you know, we've got a green light on it. And do you want this? You can share credit, obviously, blah, blah, blah. I look at it and I say, okay. And, you know, you can use the names, you know, and you have a basic ghost structure of some scenes, but you got to get in there and rewrite the thing. And I go, I can, and I have some good ideas for it. Boom. And then go forward. Out of interest then, in that situation, I mean, let's talk about script doctrine then, because I think that's something that probably most people won't be as aware of as, say, maybe writing a script or spec scripts and stuff. So when... So what's happened here is, is is a film has been has been an idea that's wanted to be made has been doing the rounds and it may have been in the hands of two or more writers and it's still and the producer I'm guessing is still not happy with what it is or maybe the star of the of the film isn't happy where it's at or what, whatever variable it is so then they turn then you you may be the next one in the queue they come to and they go right. This isn't working because, and they may have some ideas why it's not working. They may not. They may get. I mean, can it come to you as a question of why do you think this is not working first? Or, yes. Or yes. Oh, okay, so that that can be the first starting point of the conversation. Yes, I <clears throat> I turned something down late last year hmm. that just came around back to me again, which was written by somebody else, and um, I was like, oh, this thing came back to me, and I still don't want to rewrite it, you know. But I was like, well, what do you think can fix this? And sometimes you go, wow, I just got myself another job <laughs> without, you know, like, you know, and I didn't want it, you know, or, uh, I'm kidding, but, uh, yes, they do, they, they do come and say, which they don't always have all the answers. They say, and you're, it's almost like a job interview. Cause you're, if you come back with some solid answers, they go, well, we'd love to have you do that. And you go, well, thank you very much. You know, um, but some writers, you know, they're like, well, I'd never rewrite somebody else's work. I'm like, okay, well, that's a good moral stand to take, and you'll be working at McDonald's until we're a coffee shop. That's all right. You know, no, no problem. Um, well, I've listened, I, listened, I was going to say, I listened to uh, Script Notes podcast with John August and Craig Mizan. Yes, and, yes. And jo- John August talks a lot about, because he, he, he'll have done, he's done it plenty of times where he's come on to yes. a project when it's been far down the line. And he talks about one of the first things he does is actually contact the original writer. <laughs> as, a, uh, as a kind of starting point, which I know is probably not always possible, but just to say, you know, he's doing it and, you know. Yeah, I think he's doing it at a, at a <clears throat> little different level. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's contacting the other A-list writer and saying, yeah, you know. Fair enough, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so in a sense yeah. then, is that, so this is, this is, sometimes this can be, you can be in a situation where maybe a project is, is floundering somewhat and. There's, yes, there's and the, you can come in. And be the, the save the day, yeah. And and they go, wow, uh, we got this other one. Or you you just opened a door with them to go. Oh, this is our go to person, you know. And so you got to, you know, 
writer I used to know, he, he would look down upon like, oh, that's another – if you want to be a writer, hmm. take your ego out of it. There's many jobs to do. Rewrite jobs, they're, they're plenty and you just have to get in there and they're for credit or non-credit depending on how much work is done on it or what you can negotiate. But remember William Goldman, the screenwriter, he was a great script doctor on things that you would never know about. Uh, and so they also big Hollywood A-list writers take a, a one-week rewriting job uh, for a hundred thousand bucks, and their name is never on it. They fix dialogue or whatever. Not yeah, that, that I, was that was the uh, the sort of a weird outcome of, uh, of of Carrie Fisher's death was to find out that she yes. was one of the like in demand script doctors knocking about, wasn't she? Yeah, <laughs> and there's no bash against like, hey, you know, I can. Is my name's not under? That's okay. Not that I'm getting a hundred thousand a week. But but, the thing, but, but, <laughs> but also the the there the, there is some, the way writing works. Obviously, it's it's iterative, isn't it? In the sense of there's aversion, so it might be the the very first draft, the vomit draft, or whatever. But then then there's the then that then that becomes a piece of clay on the table, doesn't it? That we can all work with, which is much easier, even if it's just to point out it's completely broken. Um, it's more to work with than a blank piece of paper, isn't it? in terms of taking a project forward. It is, but you don't want it to um, once still be a blank piece of paper after you turn it in, you know what I mean? Even though it's written, <laughs> you want, you know what I mean? You want it to be, when you're working uh, professionally, it doesn't bode well for you to uh, turn in something where they go, huh? Yeah. Okay. Well, all right. Um, we'll give you another shot at it. And we've got this 20 pages of notes and then you do that and, it's not quite there again, and then maybe the third draft, you're fired. Got you, got you. What's what for and you? And they hire somebody else. You know what? What for you is the importance of knowing your ending when you're sitting down to write a screenplay? Um, it helps tremendously, and you know these uh, the endings too also change. Like uh, the last script I wrote, the ending was the same, but motivations like could you make her be more um, you know, in charge, you know, running the show where we think the villain is, but it really, she's pulling the strings. You go, okay, the same thing. It's the same location. It's the same thing, but this is how it ends. Um, mm. it helps because you're, that's the point you're trying to get to. And the middle stuff act two per se is always the problem writers have where they go, you know, the setup is, is easy. Oh, we set up everything. You know, I just read something today that, now, I guess uh, studio bosses want act one to end on page 15. You know, it used to be, uh, you know, 25 in my day or, you know, or 20, but now 15, you've got to have an act break at 15. Oh, okay. 15 pages to do, set up everything. Um, <laughs> they just don't know, like, cause, cause, just, they don't like characters. <laughs> no. And then you'll, then you'll do that and they'll go, eh, I don't get this character. It's not developed. You're like, oh, thanks. If I had another 10 pages. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but uh, the ending, yeah, you have to know. I mean, you should know. It helps to know your ending. Uh, but I, I like to follow my characters. You know, who is it? Uh, um, Ray Bradbury, I think, said, you know, plot is is watching your characters run by, you know, in fo footsteps in the snow or something. You know, you at some point, it's crazy when you start almost channeling. When you sit down and you can see in your mind's eye, and it's just like. <laughs> You're channeling the characters, you know, and, and it's just coming through you. Um, and then they wait, you know, they're about to jump off the cliff and they, you go, I got to go to bed. And they're like, come on, you know, no, no, no. You know, and then the next day you come back and you make them jump <laughs> off the cliff, you know, but it's that weird, 
living in your head thing that um that I love and you know it gets rewritten but I I, I say you know always don't waste the first draft that's that's the one thing I've learned and I don't know why people feel that they should uh, it doesn't have to be perfect no and it won't be but you know the story that I told you about turning in a, a really good first draft yeah yeah you know that's that's worth more than 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 gold I mean that you can you're able to do that and and, and train yourself to get to that capacity because some people may not be able to write eight hours a day i mean it's my job so you know and i get to schedule it where if you know okay it's not 10 a.m or i can start after our interview today rather than and go later you know that's the the blessing of working mm. you know with a, with a schedule but you can make your own day you know got you no so so when you i mean in, in amongst all that, you mentioned about notes and getting notes from things you've yes. written. Um, for those people who haven't got that far yet or find it difficult, um, what advice have you got in terms of managing, I guess, expectations and notes as much as managing the notes? What's your, what's, what sort of tips have you got for the writer? You'll always be surprised at stuff you thought was genius they think is is dreadful. <laughs> And stuff you didn't like, they think is brilliant, you know, so you're like, oh, and we all have anticipations and, and even more so when you're being paid because, you know, a lot, a lot more is at stake than just your spec giving it to someone to read and they go, yeah, I kind of like this and that. And you're, oh, there's no real like, oh shit, this is my job, mm. you know, <laughs> and my job relies upon the good work um, of it. Uh, but the notes, the key with notes are you also writers have to learn how to execute the notes. That was the problem with you know writers who are fired is that they get a second shot at the draft and they can't they can't whip it into shape or they can't find those nuances where it's like we need more. And some producers aren't good at giving notes. I mean, there's no school to go to where they go here. Here's your certificate. I mean, some give broad strokes. You know, yeah. I had in my book, I write about the. The most hilarious note I got was the emotional uh, peaks and valleys have to be higher and lower. Oh, my God. And that's I, so vague. And I was like, OK. And they go, well, good luck. And then they slam the door and you're like uh, in the elevator going, what the hell? You know, and you can ask, but you don't want to ask too many questions because you look like, you know, you don't know what's going on. You go, but I eh. and maybe you can go to the assistant and say, what did they mean by that? You know, but I've been blessed to work. With producers who, you know, they don't fool around. I mean, they've done a lot of movies. They go, page 12, this is what doesn't work. Do, tweak this and do that. Uh, blah, 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 blah. You know, all these things. And then I just take that and I get in and I start with the shovel and I start digging in, you know, and replotting, you know, re putting the concrete on the thing and, you know, building it back up again. And then you get through that draft and you could maybe they say, we want it in two weeks or we want it in a month or whatever. Um, so the notes, you never know. Uh, so, sometimes you get 20 pages of notes. You're like, oh, my God. You just fall back on the floor and go, I, you know, <laughs> I thought it was a good draft. <laughs> and, 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 and I guess as well, I think, I think 20 pages of notes could, could be a red flag that it's not a good draft. But also yes. 20 pages of notes aren't always evidence that it is a bad draft either, are they? It's, uh... No, it's – and many of those notes are, are considerations um, – for the bigger picture as like, how can I sell this? We need more of this. You're like, Oh, okay. You know, almost like squeezing in things that have to happen. How, how do you manage 
um, disagreement then in terms of that, that dialogue? Because ah, obviously- a good question. Yeah. I, I always say pick your battles wisely and don't be the um, diva or the pain in the ass who bristles at every – You know, because I, I get this when I can – I met a person last year with a, with a friend of a friend. Mm. So can you read their script? I go, sure, I'll read their script. Script was, you know, 10 things on every page, you know, I could talk about. And I get there at the coffee shop and every time I mention something, the person defends it. And I'm like, well, we can have a conversation, but let, you know, I, okay, on this point, well, I did that because of this. I understand it, but it doesn't work, you know, mm. and, and you know, you can blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so defensive doesn't work. You got to step back and go, okay, what battles do I pick that I really want to win? And, um, great story. I uh, worked with producer who I worked with before he went off to do something else and he handed me over to the executive producers, executive producers, right. Who I never met or know anything about. Right. Hmm. And it was a phone conversation, you know, Skype with multiple people and it was in, you know, in another country and we're talking and I was the last line of defense, you know, because it's just me, you know, my, my, sorry. And so we're talking and the priest goes, well, blah, blah, blah. He wanted to change something. And I thought, oh my God, we took a long time to, 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 you know, work that properly. We thought, so I said, you know, if you change that and it's my job to do that, you'll pull the underpinnings of this, that, and the other, and it's going to greatly alter this. And I just wanted to point that out because, A, also it was going to be a tremendous amount of work for me. And, you know, when you start, you know, getting into things, you can make it worse. You can make it better, of course. But many times someone's gut instinct, they read it and they just go, oh, you know what? So I explained it and then there was a pause and I was like, oh, here we go. And then the producer goes, you know what? I, uh, that's, that's fine. That's great. Okay, moving on. And I was like, oh, fantastic. You know, I won that battle. But, but I wasn't going to do it again. I was going to say, but also you've you've, you've kind of you've, you've it's sat, I mean, using using what you've told me in that example is you're using your skills as a writer, not as a debater. You're saying yeah. it can be done. Yes, <laughs> but here's the done, here's the ripples. Here's, why, here's the ripples of that why, pebble hitting the water. <laughs> exactly, and that's that's part of your job is to point out things like that. If as long as you come with evidence. Clear evidence, not just like, well, you know, I really love that scene because, you know, like, are you kidding? You have to come back with evidence and then they they obviously have the ultimate say hmm. and you have to do it. But as I say, you can't do that with every change that they want because they'll be like, oh, my God, this writer. Can we get somebody in here who, who you know, we just want to get this movie made. So do I, you know. <laughs> Now, one, uh, one one of the things that you, you, you the, one of the reasons you give for the um, hitting hitting the kind of daily page count is that if you've got thirty days and you're hitting three pages a day or five pages a day, you know you're going to meet your deadline. So, um, I guess it's it's a question of the importance of that deadline. I mean, it's going to sound daft for uh, for a writer to even ask this, but thinking of that long term professional. Um, perception people have of you going forward and obviously people talk to each other um mm -hmm. the integrity you can grow just by simply meeting deadlines alone can can stand you in good stead compared to competition i'm not saying that that's about delivering rubbish but assuming script a yes. is is to the standard that's expected then script a that arrives on time and script b that's at the standard arrives 10 days late the writer that arrives on time is the one that producers want to go back with so I mean, it's sort of 
that's that. I'm right in thinking that's an important part of the journey of the writer, isn't it? Understanding that that aspect of it. Yes, and that it's a business. You know, if we all want to be working in this business, and I stress business because it is, you get your art in there and you try to do that. And then you also, you know, you have to be a production savvy screenwriter. I'm not writing these movies outside my budget. You know, they don't tell me specifically, but I know we can't have, you know, giant scenes with, you know, you have to write within your, imagine turning in a screenplay and they go, what is this? You know, this is not in our budget. You know, see, there's things that you have to. Well, I had this late night idea with the, you know, five thousand soldiers. With ah, interesting. You're fired. You know, Um, you have to write within. You know, and people, the specs are wonderful playgrounds. They are, and everyone, you know, thinks the spec will sell, and we have to, and and they do, as you know. Mm -hmm. You and I both know it happens. It also doesn't happen more and more of the time than not. Um, but those specs can, they're, they're training tools and they're learning tools. And the first ones are not meant to go out and try to compete maybe, maybe three or four later when you start or something that you know is really good and you want it to open a door, you know, um, and I've always wanted to work. And, you know, someone once told me, they said, well, that's okay doing all those assignments, but I just want my spec, you know, someday to get made. And I'm like, okay, well, if it takes you 10 years, you're okay with that. I mean, if you have a good day job and doing that, I always wanted to work in the film business, you know, as a kid. So I, you know, you get in and you work, you know, I don't know. Um, or you turn down work or it's hard enough to, you know, when the Writers Guild here, there are 15,000 members or so and only like last year, 5,800 uh, reported income. And those are professional WGA writers, you know. Blimey. <laughs> Yeah, it's a it's a it's a hell of a competitive market, isn't it? Um, well, look, let's remind people then what's what's the uh, what's the name of the book that they can get that you've you've written about about working as a screenwriter. Ah, it's called A Screenwriter's Journey to Success, and mm. it's available on Amazon, and uh, it's paperback or Kindle. Mm-hmm. And uh, funny enough, I t- taught a workshop late last year in Hollywood. And several people actually bought the book and brought it, and they had it dog-eared, and they had notes written and highlighted, and, and it made me feel really good that they were using it as like a go-to. You know, it's not a book that you'd read just once; you would go back to it, and that's the way I kind of wrote it as a, as as a guide where you go, "Hey, you know, I'm having an issue with this," and then you read a little uh, segment and go, "Ah, you know, maybe I can try that." So that was that was fulfilling, and you know, I, I needed to get it out. You know, it was like five years in writing the book and putting it all together. And it was finally when it was done, it was a huge relief. I was just like, ah, now then they, then I follow up. Then I learned you have to have a follow up. I'm like a follow up. Are you kidding me? I've written, I've, I basically said everything I ever want to say, you know? <laughs> a follow up. Are you, are you joking? Um, maybe, maybe a fiction novel or something. I don't know in between the writing, but. And uh, what's, what's the website for people who might want to get hold of you for your uh, consultancy services? Uh, it is a uh, five F I V E. O C L O C K B L U E five o'clock blue dot net N E T. Cool. And well, there's I'll, all sorts. Yeah. I'll put a link in the show notes to that, and it just gives me say thank you very much for giving us your time on the Britflix ah, podcast. Stuart, thank you, thank you so much. I appreciate it. The Britflix podcast is provided absolutely free. If you want to help me get the podcast out to more people, please take a moment to leave a review on iTunes, or if you want to help me out directly. There's a link in the show notes to my Patreon page. All contributions are welcome. And the music is by Chris Reed 
of thecomposers.tv. Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.